Hello, minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Is there a luxury item that you'd purchase right now if you had unlimited money? If so, what is it? On today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about so-called luxury items, desiring them, purchasing them, clinging to them, understanding them, and ultimately letting go of them. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan and I are going to talk about the emotional and psychological pain that arises when we constantly need more stuff. We're also going to talk about the luxury items that both of us would purchase immediately if we had unlimited money. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalist. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. Our first question today is from Patty. How do you define luxury item? Is a $200 leather purse considered a luxury when it will outlast any cheap plastic purse? Well, Patty, I think this is such an interesting question to start the episode off with. Now, Ryan, when you hear the word luxury, it can conjure up all kinds of images. Mm. Now, I think when people talk about luxury, they're often talking about two different things. It's either a really high-end, something high-end, high-quality sometimes. we mm. I, I don't think it's necessarily high-quality. Or it means excessive. Mm. If you buy a really expensive wristwatch, it may be high-end and handmade, and it may work really well. But if it's a $100,000 watch, that may be a bit excessive, especially for your average person. I know it'd be excessive for me. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, luxury to me... Man, um, it can mean all sorts of different things. Uh, driving in my car is a luxury. Mm -hmm. I would consider that. Um, living in a democracy, I would consider that a luxury. Uh, but of course, that's because I'm comparing my situation to you know third world country situations. Mm -hmm. um, but here in America, maybe if you're comparing it to other Americans, maybe it's not a luxury. Does does that factor in at all? Like who we're comparing? I think that's that's an important point there is maybe much of what we're talking about when we talk about luxury is steeped in comparison. Mm. And so something is luxurious relative to the average population, perhaps. Right. And so I think sometimes something can be high-end without it being luxurious. We just bought some new microphones. We're not using them yet because we still need to test them out. By the way, we got Peter Duffy here. He mixed our first documentary, Minimalism, and he's helping us with some uh, more audio stuff. And we bought these new microphones. They're very high-end. They're Neumanns. They're like the broadcast standard of microphones. And they're I wouldn't call them a luxury necessarily, though, hmm. because the there isn't an alternative that is in that same sort of area that is like, oh, but yeah, it's, it, it accomplishes the same exact thing this microphone does, but for half the price. And it's not diamond studded or all of these other things we think about when we think about luxurious. So something can be high in without it being a luxury good. But I also think that we've somewhat rendered this word meaningless with marketing. Yeah, You drive past certain apartment complexes and it says luxury apartment and yeah. it looks all run down. You're like, are you sure this is a... a what do you mean by luxury? Yeah, I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> right. I, 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 in fact, last night I was walking up on Sunset Boulevard and I saw this um, billboard. It was Jay-Z and Beyonce and it was an ad for Tiffany & Co., you know, the jewelry company. Mm -hmm. And it said, about love on it. That's all it said, Tiffany & Co., about love. So they're trying to sell love, mm -hmm. commodify love. And it looked very luxurious. It looked high-end. They had this 
Basquiat painting in this photograph of Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they're trying to sell you what I would consider to be faux luxury. Hmm. Tiffany & Co., these are a bunch of really overpriced pieces of jewelry that we buy. Why? Why do we buy a lot of these these things. Yeah, uh, to show our love for mm. our partner, to show them that we really care. Yes. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but, okay, so but so you're saying that the Tiffany & Co. is not a luxury. I mean, it, it can be, per, like I said, this word has been rendered meaningless, and hopefully we can, we can identify what luxurious means to the average person. Mm. But to me, I don't see luxury in that i see a lot of stress mm. and anxiety and comparison as you said right mm. and so i guess it, it kind of means what we mean by luxury yeah it, it sounds like luxury can be really it comes down to perspective I, absolutely it is perspectival and so mm. one person's luxury may be excess to someone else but we do have some definitions here so i have marion webster's dictionary definition here and then i've got something from wikipedia as well so can you tell me about the essential meaning of luxury ryan a condition or situation of great comfort ease and wealth comfort ease and wealth mm. so maybe by that definition tiffany and co would not be luxurious because is it i mean it how is it comfortable? Right. Well, I mean, it's adding, you have to have a pretty comfortable life if mm. you can, quote, invest, waste your money on Tiffany and Co., right? Mm, yeah. And and so maybe there's a, a comfort aspect there. In fact, I think the Tiffany and Company actually falls under this definition of luxury. But what else do we mean when we say luxury? I think sometimes we confuse luxury with elegance, Right, this studio is elegant. It's mm -hmm. well put together. It's artistic, thanks to Beulah, who painted the artwork and did the interior design of the studio. It's simple, mm -hmm. but that's actually why it's elegant. We get down to the bones of the thing. The bones are the beauty. And so I wouldn't call this studio luxurious. Someone else might, and I wouldn't correct them for it. Mm. But to me, it seems more elegant than it does a, a particular luxury. I like these other two definitions here. In the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So you got something that is expensive and not necessary. Mm. So like going back to our microphones, they're expensive, mm -hmm. but they are necessary. Yes. So uh, I could see where that would not be luxury, uh, according to the second definition. Something that is helpful or welcome and that is not usually or always available. So I think that's why I look at like driving my car mm -hmm. as a luxury because it's convenient. Yes. It's not always available to everyone. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and so I think the other thing that we often do is we conflate luxury with trendy or expensive. You know, I think of like down on Fairfax where they have all these stores with really expensive sneakers or the Supreme store and you buy a $200 limited edition t-shirt. That's not luxury necessarily. It's trendy and and it's expensive. Hmm. But it's not even necessarily high quality. Mm. And that's another thing we do. We conflate high quality with luxury. Or we say something is luxury because it's high quality. I have a pocket knife at home that's handmade. And it's very high quality. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would call it a luxury item necessarily. If you saw it, you I, I don't know that anyone would necessarily call it. But it is like a piece of art in a way. Hmm. And even this art here. This art is high quality. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would call it a luxury item. Although by some of these definitions you just read, Ryan, is it necessary? Well, no, 
almost everything we own isn't truly necessary. Mm -hmm. That's why we have the no junk rule, right? Everything you own can fit in one of three piles. It's either essential, it's non-essential, but value adding, or it's junk. And quite often, the luxury items, so-called luxury items, are actually just junk. I was walking down Melrose Avenue last night, and I, I see some of these stores are really high-end stores, and they sell luxury goods. I was doing this just to prepare for this episode, and I realized like some of these places make high-quality goods. Like I walked past Lululemon, which is on Melrose. I don't know that I would call those luxury goods necessarily, hmm. but they probably are more high-end than something you would buy off of Amazon or something, right? Yeah. Uh, but then right next door is a, a, a clothing store called Vince, and it's really high-end and probably high-quality goods there as well. Mm -hmm. But those probably are considered luxury goods. So I think it, quite often it's just in the mind, the perception of the perceiver, right? Yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, let's go, let's go back to Patty's question here. A $200 leather purse. I love how this isn't a $200 Gucci bag or a $200. Like, there's no brand name here. Right. It's about the quality. Well, because wouldn't that be like a $6,000 Gucci bag or whatever those are, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but quality, that's important. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, Patty, first off, it's up to you whether or not you consider that a luxury good. Josh and I are not going to sit here and say that is or isn't. Um, but... I will give you permission to call it a non-luxury good. Uh. If it's truly the only thing that you can purchase that's going to do the job that you want it to do the best. Again, it's kind of going back to those microphones. Mm -hmm. It's like those microphones, we need to have nice microphones for this podcast. Right. Uh, we, I think we are fortunate to be able to afford microphones like that thanks to our patrons. Yes. Um, but is it a luxury? Yeah, I, I personally, I, I would not consider the microphones a luxury. So Patty, not it's up to you. And maybe sometimes what luxury means is, hey, I'm trying to impress other people. And that's mm. why it's a luxury good. Mm. And so we're not trying to impress anyone with, look at the Neumann microphone that I have. Aren't you impressed? I don't even know who that, that would impress like a select handful of broadcasters at radio stations across the United States. But mm. it's not necessarily going to make any difference to the average person, although it will make an aesthetic an audio aesthetic difference that will improve our overall sound on the podcast. And that's why we did it. But are they absolutely essential? No, these mics have worked just fine for us for many years. And even the mics we had before these, which were cheaper than these, they worked fine for a while. And so, Patty, yes, you have a more expensive purse, perhaps, or maybe you're considering a more expensive purse. But just because something is $200 doesn't mean it's going to be higher quality than the purse that is one-fourth that cost as well. So I wouldn't confuse expensive with luxury. We have a question here from Cassidy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My fiancé and I will be registering for our wedding soon, and we're wondering if you had any advice for us. We've recently gotten rid of a lot of our stuff and don't want to accumulate it all back. Other than just not registering for a lot, how would you recommend that we do this? So, Cassidy... We have a podcast episode about minimalist weddings. You can go back and listen to that. What number was it? 249, Jordan No More is telling me. And um, so you can go back. We, we had a, a, a guest expert on the podcast, Jessica, to talk about that. And um, so there's one place to start. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the reason I thought this was an appropriate question for this episode is quite often we get a bunch of unnecessary stuff. Dude. I think about, yeah, when I got married at 19 years old, <laughs> we signed up for our wedding registry. 
95% of it was luxury. Uh-huh. It was like, it was like you're going through, cause you know, uh, back then it wasn't so we like you couldn't go online and shop as easily as you can now. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to the, man, I'm so old. <laughs> we had to go to the actual store and like you have a list that you're checking stuff or you're writing stuff down. That's right. And, uh, a lot of the things that went on that list went on there simply because we were like, well, we can ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if someone wants to get it for us, great. So we got, you know, fine china and a waffle maker and whatever else, man, whatever, whatever, you know, luxurious thing, luxurious thing that we definitely didn't need. So like when it comes to um, Cassidy's question here, you know, uh, personally, now this is me as one of the minimalists. I would not have a registry. Mm. I mean, that's how I would solve that problem because I know what, what what's going to happen is like, I'm going to start signing up for things that, you know, me and, and my partner would want. Um, but they are, it's, it's there's going to be a lot of non-essential and probably a lot of junk on there as well. Yeah. I think in fact, what you're describing here is many of the things you have were just junk items that kind of felt like, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to have the, the fine China or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Meek Mill just came out with a new album. It's called expensive pain. Mm. That was originally what I was going to call this episode because mm. what a great title about luxury items. When you think about all the pain that striving for this excess yeah. for this overabundance for this th- these non-necessities and for this junk yeah it's a lot of expensive pain we we neurose over if i just had that then i'll be more complete i'll be happier i'll feel more content other people will like me more mm. and you mentioned the fine china now our friend rob bell he talks about how uh, they always use the fine china every night. Yes. And so at that point, is it a luxury item? Yeah, probably. Mm. But quite often, here's what people do. They buy the fine china, they stick it in a cabinet as like a sort of display thing, mm-hmm. but they never use it for its intended purpose. Right. What if you actually use those quote-unquote luxury goods, then maybe they're not junk. If you're actually getting value from them every single day or every week or you know whatever rule you want to put in place there, mm-hmm. then it's not excess. It's not excessive. You're actually enjoying the things that you own. Yeah. I think it's interesting how Cassidy just talked about how they have just gotten rid of a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And so they don't want to bring more stuff into their life. Now, Cassidy, I just want to be clear. If you sign up for a registry, great. Like that's that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but just know that you are opening up yourself and your partner to recluttering your home. But again, if you want to do that, that's okay. We're not here to judge, right? Um, if is there a minimalist approach to a registry? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if let's say Mariah and I were getting married, we had to sign up for a registry. Uh huh. I think it would be. We would just check things that like we currently didn't have. Uh-huh. Um, but I would but I certainly wouldn't check any boxes that uh felt like, oh, it would be nice to have this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, we'll just check this really expensive item because maybe someone will go out of their way to get us this expensive item. Right. But um but the thing is, is like Mariah and I have everything we need right now. That's right. So I don't I don't can't even think of a box I would check. Maybe I would I would posit the idea, uh, propose the idea of an alternative registry. So if Bex and I were going to have a wedding and people felt like, oh, I want to be able to contribute to this matrimony here, mm-hmm. great. Then an alternative registry, registry would be, here are the charities yeah. 
that I would love for you to donate in our name, so I feel good about myself, and it you know helps my ego out. Mm-hmm. That now I'm I'm also contributing to charity, right? Yeah. But it also makes you feel good because you're not buying me another waffle iron. I know on that episode 249, I talked about how um, I got three bread makers. <laughs> During my wedding, I don't even eat bread. <laughs> I think someone was telling you that they wanted you to be a baker. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even like they were the yeah. Anyway, they, yeah. they were like these bread makers. I used one of them once, or we mm. used one of them once. I didn't actually use it, <laughs> and then we never we stored them forever. So it just took up space. Yeah, they were unnecessary. They were in the way. But an alternative wedding registry could be what adds value to my life now: experiences, charitable giving. That's what I would prefer you spend your money on. So maybe yeah. I make a list of here are the experiences. Here's how much cash we could use to pay for this wedding. Maybe that's even part of it. Or you yeah. can donate to here are our five favorite charities. You can donate in our name. I totally saw a friend of mine at his wedding, him and his wife basically uh, had like a GoFundMe or a, you know some kind of crowdsourced account. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, here's what we want to do. We want to go on this honeymoon. Uh, here, here's the wedding here, you know, so they listed out like certain experiences uh, and they were like, you know, here's how much it costs. Feel free to donate whatever you want. Um, and like, to me, that was, that was genius. Right. Which, what's funny though, cause like 20 years ago, I feel like people would have looked at that. Like, I can't believe they're asking for money. Uh, but like now in the, like the crowdsourcing world we live in, I mean, you've got people putting up, you know, a GoFundMe because they want, uh, they want a manicure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's absurd. But if you are showing people what the money's for, it's it's as though you're not asking them for money. Yeah. You're asking them for a vacation. It's a crowdsourced vacation, or it's a crowdsourced donating to charity, or it's crowdsourced something that's going to improve our household, right? Mm-hmm. These are things that you'll actually get value from. Isn't that so much better than just saying, well, here's a list of trinkets that might be kind of nice to have, but if I'm honest, I'm probably not going to use them. Yeah. Yeah, careful. You don't want to reclutter your home, Cassidy. <laughs> Cassidy, we're going to send you a couple tickets to our Minneapolis event. We're on tour. We're actually in the middle of a tour right now. It's called the Love People Use Things Tour. We've already been to nine cities. You can find all nine of those events over on Patreon if you didn't get a chance to attend. Or if you want to come to these other 11 cities, we're going to be in the Midwest. We'll be on the East Coast. New York, I think it's sold out. But Boston. Washington, D.C., Toronto, Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Minneapolis, Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco, and of course here in Los Angeles, theminimalists.com slash tour to find the city closest to you. I had a dream last night that I forgot my speech. What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? I have, that, I have that dream all the time. I'm on stage and I can't remember a word of, of the, the talk that I'm giving in the beginning. It's funny you say this. I've had this dream once where you forgot your speech. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually happened before. Maybe that's a piece of it too. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, well, not yet. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. I The dream I have was like, I've heard the speech so many times that I just got up and, and you and gave it for me. I tried to give it, but like, it's so much harder because I'm not, I don't, Mm. I don't have it down, right? Yeah. So if you want to see Ryan stumble through a speech, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Ryan's got an amazing talk down. We talk about minimalism. We do a live version of the podcast. I read from our new book, which is called Love People Use Things Because the Opposite Never Works. And we do a live version of the podcast where we answer a bunch of your questions. Theminimalists.com slash tour for a city near you. Or you can find all 20 live events as we publish them over at patreon.com slash The Minimalist. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where 
we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now, thanks to Jessica Lynn Williams, you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. Ryan, we got a question from Zane. What's the point of pursuing luxury instead of just living within your means? Isn't that the same as just pursuing an outcome? Wouldn't it be simpler to purchase only what you need? Mm, okay, so I think we're talking about several different things when you know, it's the whole conversation we had when we answered Patty's question about the definition of luxury. So I want to dive a little bit deeper with this, Ryan. This is from Wikipedia, which I know is always factual, especially our Wikipedia page. <laughs> you literally edited it before you printed it, didn't you? Yeah, on the luxury goods. <laughs> I, I actually just wrote the page and then printed it out. Here's what it says about luxury goods. In economics, a luxury good or quote, upmarket good is a good for which demand increases more than proportionally as income rises so that expenditures on the good become a greater proportion of overall spending. That's simple, right? I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> we'll get into it, right? <laughs> and so uh, luxury goods are in contrast to necessity goods where demand increases proportionately less than income. Luxury goods are often used synonymously with superior goods. The word luxury originated from the Latin root luxuria, which means exuberance, excess, or abundance. Mm. Now, those are different things because I know you very well, Ryan, and you approach life with an abundance mindset mm. now, but not necessarily with an excessive mindset. I need to get this. I need to get this. I need to get this, yeah. right? Uh, also, you're very exuberant, right? Mm. And, and so I wouldn't confuse all of these things, but it's interesting. Are you calling me a luxury? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, it's a real luxury to have you here today. <laughs> Thanks, man. Likewise. So the definition that they have on Wikipedia says this. A luxury good can be identified by comparing the demand for the good at one point in time against the demand for the good at a different point in time with mm. a different income level. Mm. When income increases, demand for luxury goods increases even more than income does. Basically, what are they saying here? As soon as you cover your necessities, you start looking for external ways to meet your pleasure. Yeah. How, how can I be pleased by getting more stuff? Yeah, that's why you have, um, no matter what where someone falls on the socioeconomic scale, they can have a 60-inch TV in their house at this point. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas before, that was so far out of reach. It was impossible 100 years ago. Right. It was virtually impossible 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And even 20 years ago, it was so priced uh, that uh, highly that, that it was, you know, top 1% sort of thing. Yeah. And now virtually anyone can have it. So something that was a luxury good because it becomes ubiquitously available ceases to be a luxury good. It, that goes back to what you said. Mm. Isn't this about perception? Yeah. It's the same freaking thing. It is. And it so is. when I'm talking about the uh, market characteristics here of a luxury good, here's what Wikipedia has to say. Luxury goods have high income elasticity of demand. So this is also, um, when you think about 
well, drugs, for example, the, mm-hmm. the, there's this term inelasticity of demand. So mm-hmm. the demand continues even if you, even if the market over floods with supply or whatever. It's not the regular supply demand curve, right? Gotcha. Here's what it says. As people become wealthier, they will buy proportionately more luxury goods. Obviously that's on average. There's, you know, there, there's footage of Jeff Bezos driving a, a Honda Accord when he was worth $9 billion. Mm. And so there are obvious exceptions to this. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk famously recently got rid of like all his houses and, yeah move to a tiny apartment it's pretty inspiring like we've had uh i don't know if i should uh, well we've had we have a friend who multi 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 millionaire mm-hmm. and they drive like a 2004 oldsmobile yes. that's paid off and you would never think that they were worth so much money right yeah anyway. now, now the opposite is also true right when we see some of these lamborghinis flying down la Cienega boulevard yeah. or something those people don't a often don't own it it's leased for the day or the week or whatever mm-hmm. or it's someone living so far beyond their means not always mm-hmm. but quite often you can't afford the car and so you go into debt to get this quote-unquote luxury good which brings us back to zane's question here what's the point of pursuing luxury instead of just living within your means amen ryan during your talk while we're on tour you, you one thing you talk about minimalism is hey if minimalism is too radical for you you can just call it living within your means ism yeah now that's what we that's what we do right now is we live within our means on the maximal episode. I do want to talk to you about if we had unlimited money, is there a luxury good or a handful of luxury goods that you might splurge on? Let's no. just say Tiffany's and company. <laughs> <laughs> but Zane, I have something pithy for you here and then we can unpack it. The thing you want is never the thing you want. We always want the, the feeling that that thing is going to bring to us. So if mm. you want a Lamborghini, it's not that you actually want the Lamborghini. You think it's going to make you feel a particular way. It's going to impress the people you want to impress. It's going to attract the people you want to attract. It's going to make you feel significant in front of the people to whom you want to be significant. Yeah. You know, I think there are certainly car enthusiasts out there. Yeah that would buy a Lamborghini because of the love that they have for, you know, that art. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would, I would, uh, I would say that's probably a small percentage and it just is interesting to me how, yeah, they want the status. They want the superiority. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anytime you're buying something expensive, ask yourself like, why are you getting that? Is it for the superiority? Is it for the status? Mm -hmm. Is it so you can show off to your friends? Because if you do that, well, then that's a never-ending chase. Right. Who am I buying this for? Mm -hmm. And if it is the chase, what are you doing? You're either running toward more significance, more status, more impressive self. It's fueling the ego. Or you're running away from something, right? Mm. Oh, my life is miserable. You know what will get me away from this misery? A luxury car, a luxury house. Uh, uh, any sort of uh, a watch, right? Mm. There's nothing wrong with a watch, but a ro- buying a Rolex will not buy you more time. Mm. In fact, the opposite is usually true. If if you can afford a Rolex, I hear they make really great diving watches, and mm-hmm. and and that's wonderful, and they're handmade, and 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 they're. 
they can even be pieces of art. But if I buy that Rolex because, oh, what will Ryan think about me? Mm. Then I'm not even using it for its intended use. Mm. There's an auxiliary use for which I'm using it. I'm buying it so that maybe Ryan will think more highly of me. Here's the paradox of that, though, Ryan. Let's say I do buy the Rolex and you feel 10% better about me. <laughs> so what? Is that, is that the type of friendship that I want? That, that your opinion of me increases or decreases based on the consumer choices that I make? Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would look 20% more highly of you if you bought me a Rolex watch. <laughs> you just ruined my christmas present for him uh here's my short pithy answer the less we own the less we're owned mm. you know more things mean mo things mo problems <laughs> yes indeed but we all know the popular saying the things we own end up owning us and it's true yeah. so if you uh if you want to live free you own less stuff so i, I totally agree with the sentiment here yeah, because we get owned by our things. We're possessed by our possessions. And I want to talk to you a lot more about that and sort of the psychological, emotional pain that happens by overconsumption, but also just by needing more stuff. We'll talk about that on the private podcast this week. we got so much more to talk about. Emma, what do you got for us in the meantime? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hey, Joshua and Ryan. I do find a lot of value in The Minimalist. And I wanted to share with the listeners two apps that I use in regards to clothing. Number one is Rent the Runway. It's an app that you can rent formal dresses and accessories. Um, the cool thing about them is they send you two dresses in two different sizes to ensure that you will find the best fit. And you can see photos of real people wearing the dress to help you decide what will work best for you. It's perfect for weddings or special occasions. Um, so you don't have to buy a new item. And number two is ThreadUp. It's another app that buys and sells gently used items. They send you a prepaid postage clean-out bag that you can fill up with your unwanted items, and you can get cash for those items or use the credit to purchase a new-to-you item that you would find value in. It's a perfect way to get rid of items that you no longer need and to purchase a gently used new-to-you item. Bonus, you can return items that don't fit or you don't like. I personally try to use it like a storage locker, so you can get rid of the things that you don't want anymore, buy some new-to-you things, and when those things aren't working anymore or you're not finding value in, send them back as well for cash or credit. The only negative thing about Rent the Runway or Thread Up apps is Sorry, Joshua and Ryan, they don't have men's items. But ThreadUp does sell children's um, gently used items. So that's a great option for a busy mom like me. Thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Hey, guys. This message is from Steve in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. I have a minimalism tip I would like to share with my fellow listeners. I'm in the process of becoming a minimalist. I am constantly evaluating my possessions and discerning my wants from my needs, as well as questioning the value that certain items bring to me personally. Recently, I was on the verge of selling my beloved custom Gibson ES-335 guitar, a guitar that I truly enjoy and use often. I was convinced that this item needed to go. However, I was still on the fence. I was ready to depart 
with one of my most prized possessions, but hesitant. The reason I wanted to get rid of this item is because I have another electric guitar that I also use frequently. I use both of, both of these guitars often and consider them to be what you all refer to as tools. As I began to clean up the guitar and post an ad on Craigslist, I began to look around at the ridiculous amount of other items that still occupied my home. In that moment, I realized there were an abundance of items that literally brought me zero value and meant much less to me than this guitar. I soon began to truly evaluate my possessions. After taking a few weeks to think more on this particular item, I had I donated and trashed so many other useless objects in the process. If I had written out a list of every item I own and ranked them in order of importance to me, there would have been hundreds below this particular guitar. I learned a valuable lesson in this process. I was so stuck on the idea of becoming a minimalist and become and getting rid of things that I forgot who I was in the process. Guitars are a big part of my life. So, my fellow minimalists, don't get rid of the things that you know bring you joy. Get rid of all the no-brainers first. Then, if you reach a point where you realize you still do not want that particular item, maybe you will, in fact, still depart from it. But for me, it was all the other crap in my life that I needed to get rid of first. Not one of the few items that I truly love. All right, y'all, before we get to our added value segment this week, we want you to know we got a bunch more surprise questions this Thursday on Patreon. That's the Minimalist Private Podcast. Here's what Jessica over on Patreon has to say. What a fabulous hour I've just spent with the minimalists. I have four pages of journaling, revelations in hand now. I can't explain how a sentence or a phrase spoken on your private podcast sends me straight toward deep clarity. But today, I wrote and wrote and wrote about the precise origin of my attachment to stuff. For me, your private podcast has evolved from an intrigue to a critical tool in the development of a more deeply in tune self. What a testimonial. Man, you are so wise and popular. <laughs> Real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing, actually three things going on in the life of the minimalist. You probably noticed at the top of this episode, we have a new theme music. Not really. Our theme song is still Peter Doran, Every Little Thing. You're going to hear that at the end of this episode. But we're trying to get, it drives me crazy, Ryan. We, we listen, I listen to podcasts. You listen to podcasts all the time. Mm -hmm. When a podcast starts with eight minutes of ads, and then there's mm. a three-minute theme song, and then an intro before the interview, and all of these things, and it's just like, I just want to get right into it. Yeah. And so we have this new intro. By the way, if you haven't, I know if you don't watch this on YouTube, it's totally fine, but if you, if you want to watch this episode, just go back and watch the beginning of it on YouTube. So we have this new opening sequence now. It's seven seconds long, and it's uh, two guys, Ike and Brian. Shout out to them over at Ramsey Solutions. We hired them outside of work to make this new opening bumper for our YouTube videos, and it's this, this glowing orb that turns into our logo that declutters an entire room over the course of seven seconds to this beautiful music, which was actually inspired by the music from our first film. So we have a, a quick seven second or so intro at the beginning. Plus Ella will come in if there's been bad words in an episode and she'll warn us. So we've got this brand new intro. Just wanted you to go back to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash the minimalist. You can check that out on this episode or any future episode. 
We're also in our new studio. I just finished part four of the studio tour with Jordan this week. It should be out by the time this episode comes out. Um, we have four parts of our studio tour over at Patreon. And then I have a new essay, which you can read for free. It's called The Burden, I'm sorry, The, the Boundaries of Discontent. Mm. I tweeted this line, and it was The boundaries of your discontent are ma- marked by everything you tolerate. Now, you and I, on a recent private podcast episode, Ryan, we talked about sort of low-grade misery, mm-hmm. if, if you remember that. Yeah, I, I want to do a whole episode with you about low-grade misery. I think quite often it stems, not always, but it often stems from these little things that we tolerate. I'm going to tolerate this little slight, this little aggression from this person. Mm. And before we know it, everyone around us is treating us poorly, Mm. but it's maybe it's because we have tolerated that for so long. Yeah. So there's an essay. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's called The Boundaries of Discontent. And you can find it at theminimalists.com slash discontent as well. For added value this week, Ryan, the ultimate luxury, if we're really talking about luxury, it's our health. Mm. And if I could go back to my 20-year-old self, I would have had him take a blood test every year just to... We, it's funny because I would always take my car every 3,000 miles to get the oil changed and yeah. they look at the fluids and yeah. I'm always out of windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanna, it's just an upcharge. It's a luxury windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, turning signal fluid, it's always out yes, for me. Yeah. They charge oh. me hundreds of dollars every time. <laughs> You'd be dumb not to get it. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I yeah, I got my blood work done um, like four years ago, and that it was the first time that I had it done in years and years and years. And the reason why I got it done was because I had a family member pass away unexpectedly. Mm. And young I, one too. Yeah. Young. Yeah. And, 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 in, in, uh, their mid twenties. Wow. And I realized like, man, if this family member would have just gotten some blood work done, mm-hmm. like they might have saved their life. So, and you know, they had no idea anything was going on. So it like sparked me to go get a blood test. And sure enough, like I had this, uh, well, type two diabetes runs in my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm like pre, I have a predisposition to type two diabetes and I was like on the cusp of, um, yeah, of getting it. Right. And with some like exercise and change in my diet, I was able to get my hemoglobin A1C down. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for that family member passing away, I would not have gotten that blood test and who knows where I'd be, you know, at this point, because once you get to a certain point with type two diabetes, like there's real, there's really no going back. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, Totally agree, man. Blood tests, it's like getting, it's its more important than getting the oil change in your car. That's right. And yet, very rarely do we check what's going on inside our body. Maybe I feel, I feel okay. I feel fine. Fine, thanks. But mm. like, are we really stopping and saying, okay, maybe just once a year, I'll get my blood taken. I'll check my hormone levels, especially as we're getting older, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bex and I did a podcast episode while you were out of town. This was a few years ago with Adam Lamb from Renew Life RX. Mm -hmm. We talked about hormones, women's hormones in particular, but also uh, male hormones and checking those hormone levels because our society, all of the toxins that we breathe in or eat or, or all the toxins were steeped in toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of these are hormone disruptors as well. So understanding your vitamin levels, your, your hormones, your iron, all, all of these, these important markers for health 
How much inflammation do I have in my body? Most of us have no idea, so we don't even know what to do about it. Yeah. And so I would certainly, every year I go and get my, my blood through Adam. You can go anywhere. If you want. If you don't know where to go to get your blood taken, renewliferx.com. This is not an ad or a sponsorship. I have to pay him just like everyone else does, right? But the thing he really specializes in is also hormone management as well. And, and so being able to understand what your blood work looks like and explain that to you in a way so it's not just coming back and saying, well, my C-reactive protein levels seem a little bit high. <laughs> well, what does that mean exactly? Right. So having someone walk you through it is, is really important. Heck yeah. And so uh, Renew Life Rx, if you want to get a blood test, uh, they have all the, the details over there. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Or like I said, you can go anywhere locally, just finding a doctor that will provide you with the knowledge and insight and wisdom so you know what to do with those results. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like when does it make sense to purchase certain luxury items? What's the real reason we purchase items such as campers, boats, off-roading vehicles, cabins, and vacation homes, which luxury brands have better business practices, as well as better quality and durability? Why do we desire certain items, even though we know intellectually that those things won't improve or complete our lives? Plus, a million more questions about the emotional and psychological burden of our material possessions. And if you want to hear all that, check out the Minimalist Private Podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash theminimalists to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, monthly Ask the Minimalist Anything sessions, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers just like you. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash the minimalists. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday email newsletter, for free. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it